This is Fantasy Book Club. Hello and welcome to the Fantasy Book Club. This is the Internet's Book Club and just by listening, you are a member. And we like to say happy Thanksgiving a day early. Mm-hmm. That's all. <laughs> <laughs> My name is Colin Brad. And I'm Sydney Lyrely. And like she said, happy Thanksgiving. Thank you for... If you celebrate Thanksgiving. Anyway. If you celebrate Thanksgiving, because it it's kind of a weird holiday that we got going on here. That's just uh, an American holiday. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's we're celebrating like, what are you even celebrating? I'm going to be completely honest. I don't know what Thanksgiving is celebrating, <laughs> but I do know I like eating turkey. And so it's a... I, well, it's just... I mean, you can celebrate being with your friends and your family, and Colton and I will celebrate not having classes for a week. <laughs> yes. Both of those are very true, and um, we hope you really have a great Thanksgiving If you year. aren't in America and don't celebrate Thanksgiving, or even if you are in America and don't celebrate Thanksgiving, happy November. Happy November. Yeah. Just, it's, we're almost to Christmas. Feliz yeah. Navidad. You Woo-hoo! know? Uh, Melikaliki Waka. That is, you said it wrong. <laughs> I'm sure I I'm did. Offended. I'm offended. Sh- I don't know that language. I'm sorry. Melikaliki Maka. Is it Melikaliki Maka? I don't know. <laughs> you don't know it either? You can't get <laughs> mad at me for saying it wrong. Anyway, Sydney, what did we read this week? I have Christmas songs stuck in my head. I know. Um, this week we read chapters 47, 48, 49, 50, 51, and it alludes 7 and 8. So make sure you have those read. But don't read interlude nine. Even though it's the most interesting interlude of the three. <laughs> but I don't know that because I didn't get to read it. I saw the first sentence and saw Seth and I'm like, oh, so it's more interesting <laughs> than these. You looked ahead. How dare you? My bad. Um, I wish we saw Seth more. Sydney and I have some bold opinions about these interludes. One, they're extremely boring. Yeah. We, neither of these. So the second one, eight was okay. Eight was kind of fun. I liked eight. Things just kind of happened. And it, when you seven, take it, I will zoom through seven because I don't really care. <laughs> I'm probably going to zoom through eight, too, to be honest with you. Okay. Um, let's anyway, let's get into it. First chapter this week is chapter 47. It's called Storm Blessings, uh, and it's a me chapter, so I'm going to get right into it. It is a Colton chapter. Um, this chapter takes place one year ago, so one year before present. 2022. Yes, this chapter <laughs> takes place in the year 2022, <laughs> um, and it's a Kaladin chapter, of course, because it's one year ago. And Kaladin is, uh, well, to be fair, the beginning of this of this chapter is the exact same chapter as the very first thing we read. This would have taken place in 2009 because this book was published in 2010. You, okay. So it would have taken place in 2009. Uh-huh. Okay, go. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, this... This is a uh, the same exact thing we see from Sen at the very beginning. You remember Sen from the very beginning of the book? The, like oh, the little yeah, the little boy. Yeah, yeah. We, we see, see him again here. Yeah, we see this exact same thing that he saw at the first ever like chapter of this book, but we see it from the perspective of um Kaladin this time. So we see him like collecting the boy. And we get more <laughs> details. Yes. So we see him collecting the boy. He's paying uh he's paying another one of the, like the squad leaders off in order to get the boy. Yeah. He also pays off the the he's kind of a good leader. He also pays off the nurses to make sure that they get tended to first. Yeah. His his crew gets tended to first. Love that. Um and so they yeah, he talks to a guy named Gare and Gare is the guy he buys Sen from. Gare's kind of a butthole. Yeah, we don't like Gare. Gare's Gare's not great. Yeah. If I had to describe Gare in two words, it'd be not great. I agree. Um but they they he buys Sen, but after some negotiation he gets Sen. And uh then he he's kind of like in his head a bunch because he, He's been. He talks about how he's been buying young boys 
in like a pseudo way to make up for the fact that he failed his brother. That sentence out of context. <laughs> I've been buying young boys to make up for my death of my brother. Yeah. Excuse me? Anyway, at this point, one year ago, Tian is already dead. Uh, and he is. He, so Tian's dead here. And so Kaladin is buying. I am so up, genuinely upset we haven't gotten to see how Tian died. I'm actually a little livid. Just I be was patient. expecting to see. It. I don't want to be patient. I want the answers now. <laughs> this is stupid. Brandon Sanderson, why you do this? You're a great author. Thank you for everything you do. Yes, um, you are a great author. Uh, we've been. He's. He goes back to his crew, and then we get to see the same things where he sets up with his crew, prepares to run out onto the battlefield, figures out where they're going. Uh, he knows that there's going to be long volleys of archers, so he knows to rush forward to get underneath of them. Yeah. They find a little, like, hole they're going to run to, essentially. Um, and once again, Sydney, if I miss anything important, because I'm going to be, fl- I'm flying through this kind of, if I miss anything important, let me know. Yeah, we're a little low on time today. Yes. So if you, if I, if I miss anything important, you're welcome to interrupt. Okay. Um, and then Kaladin charges. And then, it's, so Kaladin finds the thing, the, the horn sound, Kaladin's crew charges to their va- uh, divot. And then there's a little time jump here until yep. later on in the fight where you remember when Sen got separated and then got surrounded by a bunch of people? Yep. And then he sees Kaladin like a god come in and save his life? Yep. This is from Kaladin's POV, him being a god. Um, oh, by the way, one second ago, when he was paying for the things, there was a little windspread running around pulling pranks on him. Sill, 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 Sill. Maybe Sill. It's Maybe definitely Sill. Sil. It's 100% Sill. Well, Sydney thinks it's Sill. I, I definitely think it's Sill. Um, and... He, uh, Kaladin also says, where's the boy? And there's a sentence here that says, Kaladin's squad was all accounted for. They're wounded, protected at the center. All except the new boy, Tien. Sen, Kaladin thought. His name is Sen. So he had a moment where he forgot the name. Kaladin is so, he's got PTSD. Um, yes, he does for sure. And depression. Dude's kind of struggling. Um, also we didn't mention, but he has decided he's not going home. Yeah. Kaladin. Because it's like his time is up, basically. Yeah. Well, he's basically decided he doesn't. He's not going to go home because he failed in his duty to protect his or what he said was his promise to his parents to protect Tian. He failed, and so he doesn't want to go home and face them. He's written a letter to them to let them know that he's not coming home and that Tian's dead. But yeah, mm. I feel really bad for his parents because at the same time they're going to find out that one of their sons is dead and the other one is never coming home. Yeah. Which is depressing. That's Though I do great. think I think that um, Kaladin's somehow eventually going to find his parents again. Right. That's good. I, I like that thought. I yeah. hope so. I hope so too. Um, but he comes running over. He finds he basically he fights off six people by himself. We've seen this already. Is the thing we see him fight off six. Then the rest of his crew gets there and is like, "We saw you running off." And he was like, "I knew you'd come save me." And they're like, Ugh. "And he's like, Ugh. and then they can move on." Um, <laughs> Sen, has, Sen has been saved and. Uh, then they see um, a guy on a horse that Sen saw in the first chapter. Still, same thing. He sees the guy on the horse. He's like, sharp blade, sharp blade. And uh, the dude is like, that ain't sharp blade. Sharp blade's way cooler than that. And um, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. And anyway, even if it's not that, he is uh, of Italian lord. And they're trying to kill him in order to get to the Shattered Plains. Yeah. Uh, and so they they ran off. They ran down the guy. Um, And they kill him yeah and they loot his body really quickly but find nothing yep. <laughs> uh and then suddenly behind uh coming from his team's side but clearly not on his team yeah comes a man riding a horse wearing actual shard plate ah yikes uh 
With a shard blade. With a shard Ooh. blade. And he he's just slicing people down left and right. It's not not great image. Yeah. Uh it's he slices right through Delette's head and kills Delette, who's like a guy that's been very important to Galadin. <laughs> Poor Delette. I liked Delette in the beginning. The only time we ever saw him, I liked him. Yeah. And then uh Sen also got trampled, which is a terrible way to go. Yeah, not a great way to go. And so Calder runs over to Sen, and the boy is has taken a hoof to the chest, and he gasped, eyes walk, uh, like he's wheezing. Suddenly he stops wheezing, and then he goes, he watches the Black Piper in the night. He holds us in his palm, playing a tune that no man can hear. He has a death rattle. He has a death rattle. <laughs> uh, you think everyone gets a death rattle, or is it oh. just like, because none of the others had death rattles. Well, what do you think? I don't think everyone gets death rattles. I think it's just certain people. Some people get death rattles. Yeah, some people get death rattles. Like Sen. Sen got a death rattle. About what? I don't know, but he got a death rattle. He Someone's got a death rattle about the Black Piper. Whatever that means. Whatever that means. <laughs> okay. And whoever that might be. Yes. Um, and then uh, Kaladin is like extremely angry, essentially. Honestly, fair. Yeah. Um, and he looks up and he sees uh, Amaram has been like kind of run down by the guy. And his Amaran's horse is now dead. Amaran's leg is broken. He's laying on the field. And I'm going to do this in a dramatic style. So it's not maybe following exactly, but the, the message will be the same. Okay? Okay. So I'm not going to read it, but I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give a dramatic storytelling because I think it's more, the most fun way. Okay. Um, he looks over. He sees the one light eyes that he thinks of as, like, actually what they're supposed to be, Amaram. Yeah. Uh, laying on the field, broken leg underneath, the like, the power of a, uh, a guy in sharp plate. And Kaladin uh, uh, does a war cry and charges, and his art, his little troop runs with him. And they're going to try and take down a freaking man in shard plate, which is not... Not the way to go. Not a thing you normally do. Nope. And as they r- run, they uh, are like, they get to him, and the guy seems just amused that they're there. And they're battering him with things, and nothing's doing literally any damage. And then the guy just kind of like swings out and kills like the majority of the rest of Kaladin's men. Yeah. Like, he... In a thoughtless swipe, kills several of Kaladin's men. Uh, and he, they had twenty, they had twenty of Kaladin's squad. And when the Sharblayer went, it went down to six and him. Yep. So he killed four, uh, fourteen men in like, in a like one attack. And Kaladin is uh, screaming. He's so mad. He runs the guy. The the uh, Sharblayer swings at him as he runs. Kaladin ducks the swing. But his spear doesn't get under it. And so his spear gets cut off, like, at the tip. Yeah. Uh, and then Kaladin jumps, catches the half of the spear, like, right behind that got cut, and stabs it down through the guy's eye slit. And Kaladin killed a shard bearer. I knew it. <laughs> I just would like to say I called it. Uh, <laughs> but it was pretty obvious. So I, I didn't want to read what happened, but I did want to give, like, a dramatic story storytelling style. Yeah. Try that again. Yeah. There you go. Um, <laughs> and uh, it is a, a pretty decent storytelling. Uh, and I'm glad he killed the guy. And so essentially Kaladin earned himself a set of plate and a blade. And um, Kaladin is disgusted by the idea of holding the plate or the blade. Yeah. Um, and so he just decides, this is mine. So I'm giving it to, uh, who do you give it to? Uh, Korib, I think. Yeah, I give it to Korib. He says, Korob is the best of our fighters. He deserves it. I can't imagine holding this blade that just killed so many of my friends. Honestly, I do not blame him. Yeah. Pretty sad, though. And yeah, I do wish he had taken it. Uh, and so he gives it to Korob, 
And then Kaladin just kind of walks away and walked back to the war camp. Yep. Did I do a decent job telling that story? If I missed yeah. anything in for no, it? No. Okay. I think you got pretty much everything. That's what happened. He killed Amram's the guy. Amram's a little confused, but... Oh, Amram that. is very confused. Amram's kind of just like... I feel like this week, he just kind of spends most of his time being dumbfounded. Anytime we see Amram, he's just kind of like around. Yeah. Um. But yeah, so Amram's leg is broken. He's very sad. Uh, He about got killed, but he got saved by a just like a little, a little scum boy in his brain. A little boy who shouldn't have been able to save him, saved him. You know... Amram's a very lucky dude in this. <laughs> he really is. And I was with Sydney when she read this chapter, and I really tried to get her to give me a theory then, because I knew later on the re- in the reading oh. it tells us what <laughs> happened. Um, but I-, I won't spoil it for you, the listener, right now. Oh, you should have read it already. Yeah, you should have read it. But Unless if- you're listening chapter by chapter. You read and then you listen to until we get to the next chapter and then you read again. And you that listen. would be a wild thing to do because we spoil be, stuff all the time. That would be really wild. I don't recommend that. <laughs> yeah, that's probably not the best way because we do spoil stuff pretty That'd be often. That's kind of fun though. Yeah, maybe. You should do it. Somebody try it out and tell us how it goes. <laughs> um, all right, Sydney, your turn. All right, you ready? Yes, chapter, chapter 48. 48. It's called Strawberry. So it's like strawberry in a summer evening. Is that right? Is that a lyric? <laughs> I, I don't I know how so. the lyrics go to that song. No. Watermelon. Isn't that? No, you're talking about watermelon sugar. <laughs> hi. Watermelon sugar. Hi. That's what you're thinking of. Yeah, but I thought I thought it said, I thought it in no, that No, it's song, like strawberry it's a, is a oh. line. Oh, <laughs> you're right. Yes, it's I know. It's on the right song. Yes. <laughs> okay. Okay. Um, I'll read the little uh, book bit at the beginning. Book so bit. So it book says. Bit, book bit. I feel like we need to do that now. It's kind of a thing we do. <laughs> it says, they take away the light wherever they lurk. Skin that is burned. And then Yasna's yapping is not very much of a yapping here. It's just, it's just the one. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> it's just oh one my. little tiny thing. And it says, Kormshen, page 104. Also, you know what we forgot to say at the beginning? What? Thank you to everyone who commented for last oh, week. Oh, yeah, lots of comments. We had a, quite a few comments, and we really appreciated all of them. They were so, so sweet. thank you. They made us smile. I loved all of them. Some of them made me, like, crack up. <laughs> yeah, they were pretty good. So um, keep commenting. We'll keep letting you know if you're funny or not. Someday we might just be like, you're not funny. No. <laughs> anyway. We love you guys. Yeah, um, you do great I work. can't believe we forgot to say that earlier. It's bad of us. But bad yeah. of us. Anyways, so we're with Shalon here. And she is currently in the hospital. I yes. almost had a moment of, what was she in the hospital for? But Yeah, remind the listener. Week, yeah. yeah, last week she uh, um, transformed a goblet into blood and then slit her wrist because <laughs> <laughs> she didn't want them to think that she had soul cast. Um, but talking she accidentally... About, wait, Sydney, talking about me saying the thing out of context, the buys young voice <laughs> thing up for his dead brother... <laughs> It's very similar saying she turned a goblet into blood that slit her wrist also sounds like nothing. Oh, I, I know. Um, but anyway, she's in the hospital. Yeah. And um, yeah, she is. Her arms are all like bandaged up and everything. She's doing okay. Yeah. But everyone thinks she was a suicide attempt. She caught herself deeper than she wanted to. Like she yeah. wanted it to just look like she had slipped and or like shattered, and cu- the shattered the glass and cut herself by accident. But it looks like she tried to kill herself. Yeah, the only cut being a deep slice across your wrist is kind of yeah. A and bad she place tried to, to tell them that that's not what happened, but that they don't believe her, which is fair. I would not. Um, and so she hasn't really had any visitors because they're worried about her. Like they're keeping her there probably longer than she needs to be because they're worried that she's going. She's a danger to herself. Yeah. Um. But she's embarrassed about it. It's a good cover because 
now it looks like she has been struggling and yeah. doesn't want to be there and has tried to kill herself. And so now she has kind of a reason to leave. Right. Uh, so that's kind of what she's decided is she thinks it's a it's a good, good it's cover. a good cover. Yeah. Um, but she thinks about the whole experience. And while she's in there, the king comes in. So uh, uh, Teravangian, he mm-hmm. comes in. And apparently this is something he does very often. He yeah. comes in and like checks on the people in the hospital, which I love. Seems like a good guy. That's yeah. such a sweet thing to do. And so he comes in. Yeah. And he is talking to her about uh, the hospital because she's like, this hospital is amazing. Like, in this hospital, everyone is cared for. No matter how much money you have, who Mm -hmm. you are, whether you're dark eyes, light eyes, everyone is cared for equally, which I also love. That's amazing. I'm a big fan of that. I'm a big fan of Teravangian in this chapter. For sure. Um, But she's telling him how great it is. And he's, he's very, like... You know, thankful that she's she's talking about it. Um, he's thankful that she's okay, uh, and he's basically said that she doesn't want to be there anymore. She's ready to leave, and she's like, "You keeping me here is not helping my health, or it's helping me health, but it's it, it, at the expense of my wellness," is what she says. And basically, he's like, "We can't allow you to have another accident." And she basically convinces him to at least let him have let let her have visitors. Yeah, and so he's like, "Yeah, that's fine. You can have visitors," and. Uh, so he leaves, and immediately after he leaves, Yasna comes in. Instantly. Because she's been outside waiting. Oh, Which is literally the sweetest. Yasna so cares cute. so much. And then Yasna begins to apologize, because she's like, I'm sorry, it's my fault. I've been pushing Aww. you too hard. And I'm like, this is so sad, because it's it's not really Yasna's fault at all. It's also not, a, it wasn't a suicide attempt. Yeah. So she's just and feeling bad for nothing. I feel so bad. But I, I, this chapter makes me like Yasna so much more, because she's so... She Yasna struggles really, really hard with apologizing. Yeah, and but in this chapter, she is trying to, and I just, I really love that. Um, yeah, but they're just kind of talking to each other about uh, about this. Yasna gives uh, Shalana a gift, Aww. and it's called the Book of Endless Pages. I love Shalana Yasna in this chapter. I really love Yasna in this chapter too. She's so sweet. She is really sweet, and basically, this book it is completely blank. There's nothing written in it. And the idea is, um, basically, uh, Yasna says that when you go home, you should look out uh, for the, seek out the divitary of sincerity. Yeah. And basically, uh, what they do is they worship the Almighty, but are guide, guided by the belief that there are always more answers to be found. So basically, the idea is the book cannot be filled as there's always something to learn. Yeah. So I just think that's really interesting. And I love that Yasna thought to give that to her. Yeah. Uh, obviously, she kind of, Yasna kind of knows that she's going to start heading home. Yeah. Like, that's her plan. Uh, yeah. Which is sad. Yeah. It is pretty sad. Um, But then she starts, Shalon starts to tell her, uh, tells Yasna that Capsule thinks that mm-hmm. Yasna is uh, studying the Voidbringers to uh, try and disprove. Undermine the church. Yes. And Yasna's like, that's not at all why I'm, why I'm studying this. Don't be stupid. Like, yeah. And Shalon's like, Huh? Why are you studying? Like she thinks that she doesn't yeah. ask it, but she thinks that. Um, and as they're talking, Capsule walks in. Capsule. He he comes in, and uh, basically we find out he's also been trying to come and visit, and he just can't. He hasn't been allowed in, and whatever. And Yasna's like, ugh, ugh. Which yeah, Yasna does not is not a fan of Capsule at all. But she's proven that she can like Ardents. It's not like it's it's not a necessarily a thing against Ardents. It's just a thing against Capsule. She doesn't well, like him. You know, I yeah. 
Don't spoil it, Sydney. I'm not. Don't spoil um, anything. People read this chapter by chapter with us. <laughs> no, they don't. Um, <laughs> I have a suspicion most of our listeners don't read at all. I think it might be just, just be you and I reading, to be honest with you. If you actually read before we the episodes, let it, leave a comment and let us know because I'm pretty sure. You better sure, be reading or else you know what happens. I'm pretty sure most of the people have read this book before are just excited to hear somebody else talk about it. <laughs> Fair enough, honestly. Yeah, because if I heard a podcast that's like somebody raving about how good my favorite book is, I would listen to it. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but uh, Capsule comes in and starts talking to Shalon and he's brought uh, bread and jam like he always does. And that's he's thing. brought, yes, he's brought strawberry jam this time, which is. Very apparently, strawberries are very, very rare, which is kind of a fun little thought. Yeah, but um, they can only be found in Shin, so Shin is very similar to Shinovar. Shinovar, sorry, yes, Shinovar is very, very similar to Earth. Yeah, that's where that's where like uh, chickens come from, where horses yeah. come from, like all the regular animals. Basically, if it's not a crab, it's from Shinovar. Yeah, if it's a regular animal, animal we or have plant. in real life, it's from Shinovar. Yeah, uh, so that's where the strawberries come from. Um. Neither Shalon nor Yasna have ever tried them before. He tries to get uh, Yasna to try the jam. Yeah. And she like, and, and the bread. Right. But she doesn't really want any of it. Well, well, she does She does stick her finger in the jam. She sticks her finger in the jam, but she doesn't taste it. She smells it and is like, this doesn't smell very good. Right. And then uh, Shalon starts to eat the bread. And Capsule's like, jam, Shalon, eat the jam. Yeah. And Shalon's like, okay. And, and she starts to, sn- and yeah, she smells it and she's like, ew. This smells disgusting. And Capsule's like, yeah, but eat it. He Then he shoves a bunch in his mouth, too. Yeah, and she's like... Even though it's like, it smells like, they say, like, vinegar and, uh, like, paint. Yeah, like, it's like, not it a good... doesn't... It's not a good scent. And Shalon's like, I'm not eating this. That's disgusting. And Capsule's like, it's actually really not bad. You're fine. Eat it. And he's, like, pushing it on her. And all of a sudden, he starts, like, he's acting really weird. Wait, pause really fast. Yes. Shalon also did make Yasna try the bread to be nice to him. Yes. So that's important to note for later. Yes. Um, but uh, Shalon is like, why is he acting so strange? Then and all suddenly, of a sudden he stands up and starts to like run away, but then begins to fall yep. and falls. And Shalon stands up and starts to chase after him. And then she proceeds to fall and she's shaking and not doing well. And uh, then she falls and everything's going dizzy. She's losing consciousness. And uh, before she fully loses consciousness, uh, Yasna Hey, yells, say that word one more time. Consciousness? Okay, because both times you said it, you did not sound like consciousness. I said it too fast. Both times. <laughs> <laughs> I had to make sure you knew how to say consciousness. <laughs> I know how to say it. Thank you. Uh-huh. Um, but Yasna's like, she's been poisoned. Like, I need my garnet. I need my garnet. She needs to soul cast. Because basically, she can soul cast uh, Yas- or Shalon's blood. Back into like, blood. To, purify it. Yeah. Basically, Soulcast blood to blood means anything that in there that wasn't blood becomes blood. And yeah. then it makes it so it's pure again. Yes. Um, and so that's what she's going to try and do. And Shalon's like, crap. I have her Soulcaster. It's yeah. not going to work. And so in her last few minutes of consciousness, she uh, is able to get her safe pouch open. Right. And shows the, the Soulcaster. And then everything goes out. Right. And we can't do theories about this yet because we freaking know the next time that it happens. So when we do theorizing next time about this, Sydney, I'm going to ask you several questions. Okay. Just so you know. Uh, <sighs> but yeah, Yasna. Or not don't Yasna. sound so sad about Shalon's it. Shalon's been poisoned. Shalon's been poisoned and Capsule has been poisoned and Yasna is fine. Um, and we move Which on. It doesn't make sense because... 
This is why I'm going to make ask you several questions. Just hold that in your brain. We'll we'll talk about it later. I didn't really think about it to be honest. Yes, we'll but... talk about it later. Okay, go. Uh, next chapter. Before we go on to the next chapter, there's like an image. Do you have the image in this in your book? I do. Yeah. It's about rock buds. Essentially, it's teaching about different types of plants and how they survive. Rock buds open like a little mouth, and a bunch of little worms come out, like a disgusting Ew. little alien tongues. <laughs> um, there's there's a bunch of different plants here. I'm not gonna read them because it's a pain to read, and I don't think it's that inter- interesting. Just look it up online if you don't have the book. You'll find it. Fair enough. Uh, the rock bud sketch. Look up rock bud sketch. You'll find it. All right. Moving on. This chapter is called To Care. Uh, to Care. It's chapter 40, 49. The book bit says. Book bit. Book bit. Book bit. Book bit. The book bit says. <laughs> radiant slash of birthplace slash the announcer comes slash to come announce slash the birthplace of Radiance. It's a sucky book bit. It's a sucky book bit. <laughs> and then the Yasna's yapping says, though I am not overly fond of the uh, Ketik poet. Oh, sorry. The Ketic Poetic. <laughs> the Ketic Poetic Form. The Ketic Poetic Form as a means of conveying information. This one by the Alan is often quoted in reference to Eurotheru. Ew. Poetry. <laughs> I love poetry. I hate poetry. We have, Maybe that's why I don't like this book bit. We have equal opinions on... Sydney and I balance out. We're neutral of poetry as a team. Individually, one of us hates poetry, one of us loves it, but as a team, we're neutral to it. <laughs> uh, I believe some mistook the home of the Radiance for their birthplace. So she's talking about, this is a poem about Eurotheru, one of her research is about Eurotheru. Yeah. Whatever that means. Boo um, poetry. Yay poetry. <laughs> Stop it. This is not poetry, though, to be fair. This is just like clips of a poem. I know. Um, moving on. This is a Kaladin chapter. Kaladin. 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 They're in the chasm with his team. Uh, and Kaladin is just thinking about how much he freaking hates it down there. But essentially what they're going to do is they're going to start training the team to, uh, you know, be good at spear. Yeah. Like they he talk also about. thinks about how they could try and escape like right. to the east, but right. they don't think that's going to work very well. Because there's not really many options for that to work. Yeah. Because like if a, if a storm happens anywhere, rain rain doesn't happen if there's a storm ever during their time there's gonna be a flash flood through the chasms that's gonna not let them survive yeah and they also could run into chasm fiends and there's just more things that could go wrong that way yes and so he basically Cal is like i don't know how this is gonna help but i know it's something i can do so i'm gonna train these fools into doing using the spear yeah and so um yeah he starts he starts uh uh thinking about what he's gonna do and uh teft walks up and says kaladin you all right you look thoughtful uh, and then Kaladin does a little quip because he's happy again. He's not happy, but he has a little quip that like his mother would do, which is kind of cute. Um, and essentially, they're just kind of like chatting and getting ready to start training people to do things. That's that's the beginning of this chapter. It's just kind of talking and training and pretend beginning ready to train people. Yeah. Um, and they they can I just skip to where they start? Is there anything important before they start? Listener, I, don't think so, I read really. this. Well, I read this like a week ago, so I remember the very important bits. But like the independent, normally I read it closer to our. Really, recording. the only important part is Teft asking Kaladin questions. Yeah, uh, what kind of questions does Teft? Does Teft? want to read what like, they, Let's do a dramatic do reading of this interaction. I like Teft and Kaladin. Let's let's hear okay. what they say. Kaladin, Teft asks, hustling up, splashing through a puddle where bits of empty Kremlin carapace floated. You all right? Fine. You look thoughtful. More breakfastful, Kaladin said. That gruel was particularly dense this morning. Teft smiled. I never took you for the glib type. I used to be more so. I get it from my mother. You could rarely say anything to her without getting it twisted about and tossed back to you. Teft nodded. 
They walked in silence for a time, the bridgeman behind laughing as Dunny told a story about the first girl he'd ever kissed. Son, Teft said, have you felt anything strange lately? Strange? What kind of strange? I don't know, just anything odd. He coughed. You know, like odd surges of strength, the uh, feeling that you're lighter. The feeling that I'm what? Light, or maybe like your head is light, lightheaded, that sort of thing. Storm it, boy. I'm just checking to see if you're still sick. You were beat up pretty badly by the high storm. I'm fine, Kaladin said. Remarkably so, actually. Odd, eh? So Teft is trying to pry something out of him. Yeah. What do um, you you think? Well, obviously Teft knows that something that we don't. Knows something that Calden doesn't. He's trying I know something you don't. (laughs) I know something you can never know. He's uh, trying to see if Calden realizes what's happening with the the spheres and the stormlight and stuff like that. What do you think is happening? Well, we know that Calden's like inhaling the stormlight like Zeth does. So what about the lightness? He's talking about... He's, he's Maybe like, he can fly. Like how? Like a bird. Like how? Like how Zeth can whack himself around the things. So he, Zeth doesn't really fly. He I changes know, direction. he doesn't really fly. But he, can, but he can essentially fly. Yeah. So Teft seems to be seeing if Kaladin also is able to fly. <laughs> which is funny. Which is kind of funny. I yeah. agree. Um, and so they walk around in the, in the chasms for a little minute and they reach a section where it's like a slightly more open area and Kaladin says, this is as good as a pl- this is good a place as any. And the bridgemen all start to like gather around essentially. Yeah. And um, Kaladin gives a uh, actually really nice speech. Should I, I know we just did one, but should I, should you, one of us read the speech? Cause it's a really, a really helpful yeah, speech. Sure. Okay. It's going to be dramatic as well, but here it goes. This is where I'm supposed to tell you what a sorry group you are. Kaladin said to the men. It's the way I've always seen it done. The training sergeant tells the recruits that they are pathetic. He points out their weaknesses, perhaps spars with a few of them, tossing them on their backsides to teach them humility. I did that a few times myself when training new spearmen. Kaladin shook his head. Today, that's not how we'll begin. You men don't need humbling. You don't dream of glory. You dream of survival. Most of all, you aren't the sad, unprepared group of recruits most sergeants have to deal with. You're tough. I've seen you run for miles carrying a bridge. You're brave. I've seen you charge straight at a line of archers. You're determined. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here right now with me. Kaladin walked to the side of the chasm and extracted a discarded spear from some flood-strewn rubble. Once he had it, however, he realized the spearhead had been knocked off. He almost tossed it aside, then reconsidered. Spears were dangerous for him to hold. They made him want to fight. It might lead him to think he was who he'd once been. Kaladin storm-blessed. Confident squad leader. He wasn't that man any longer. It seemed that whenever he picked up weapons, the people around him died, friends as well as foes. So for now, it seemed good to hold his length of wood. It was just a shaft, nothing more, a stick he could use for training. He could face returning to the spear another time. It's good that you're already prepared, Kaladin said to the men. Because we don't have the six weeks I was given to train a new batch of recruits. In six weeks, Sidious will have half of us dead. I intend to see you all drinking mud beer in a tavern somewhere safe by the time six weeks have passed. Several of them gave a kind of half cheer at that. We'll have to be fast, Kaladin said. I'll have to push you hard. That's our only option. He glanced at the spear shaft. The first thing you need to learn is that it's all right to care. That actually is a really good speech. Yeah, he's very helpful. And then he starts talking about how it's okay to care because sometimes he basically says like it used to like some sergeants train 
that you need to be like a heartless killer. You shouldn't feel passion for it. Yeah. But Kaladin feels that it's okay to feel passion. Yep. Just don't let it cloud all your decision making all the time. Yep. Which I think is good. Yeah, I agree. Um, and then they start they they start their training. Kaladin has a few of them walk up and start trying to shove him over, so he's showing like the proper stance to stay standing. Yeah. And uh, he has like a f- like three at one point. He has three of them trying to force him to to stumble, and he's able to um, like uh, dodge them. It's it's the three people are uh, who are who's the first? Scar. He has Scar. Then he has Drahi and Moash all come try and shove him over. Yeah. And he's just like juking them and like wiggling around and sh- throwing them on their butts. Um. And he's as he's doing this, he starts to give preaching about where combat begins with the legs and your stances and learning about it. Yeah. Um, which I think is pretty funny. And he calls them off right as they would have succeeded. He thinks that as soon as the three of them finally start like working together as a team to try and tackle him, he says, that's enough, you boys. Thank you. <laughs> I, I noticed that when I read. I thought it was funny that he was just like, they might actually win now. Stop. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, fair enough. <laughs> fair enough. Um, and so they do that. They also, uh, then he sets them all into the pairs to like start shoving each other and like learning stances. Yeah. But before he does that, he goes, Teft, split them into pairs by size and weight. Then run them through an elementary forward spear stance. And Teft without thinking goes, aye, sir. And then realizes that he got caught. Like Kaladin figured out that he knew more about military than he should. Love but that. neither him nor Teft really acknowledge it past the fact that he got caught, you know? Yeah. It was like, ah, you know something now. And they don't acknowledge it further. Yeah. But- that's something we learned about Taft. He has some kind of military training, at I really, least a little bit. Yeah, the more we get to know Taft, the more I start to like him. He's a I'm good a, guy. I'm a fan of Taft. He's a good guy. Yeah. Um, and then uh, the the Rock refuses to fight because it's a below him. And Rock explains like his the way that their place does family structures is like um, there is like based on the number of sons. So the only one who becomes a warrior is like the third son or the fourth son, because this the hmm, what is it? First and second are cooks. Yeah. Uh, yes. Uh. Yeah. First and second are cooks, and then the third is a craftsman, and then the fourth is a warrior because food is the most important. Because we need food first. Yeah. And then we need then we need materials. Yeah. And then we need warriors. Yep. So basically, rock is I am higher ranked than a warrior, so I will not be doing warrior work. Yeah. Which I think is pretty neat. I like that. It is neat. That, that's a yeah. fun 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 concept for a culture. I agree. Um. And then Kaladin grabs Lopid, uh, Lopin and Dabit and Shen and Rock and sends them out to start doing the looting because the idea is if we have some of us looting, that'll be enough that they won't question why we're doing Like, yeah. we, if we come up without anything, we'll, they'll immediately stop us from doing this. So they need us. We need to get something to make yeah. it so it's clear. And that group of people are the ones who can't really fight. So Rock doesn't want to. Lopin only has one arm. Yeah. Dabit is still... Off in his own head. And then Shen, we don't trust Shen yet. Shen, Shen's a parchment, yeah. if you don't remember. Yeah. So it's kind of weird. Um, And then Sil uh, appears and starts zipping around. and sh- like So they the, the four of them can all see Sil. And Sil is is showing them like where the stuff is, basically to save them time. Yeah. So that's pretty cool. Yeah, I love that she shows herself to them finally. Yeah. Oh, just the four of them, though. Yeah, just the four of them. Well, Rock can see her anyways, but... Yeah, and then Rock is like, it sounds like you're trying to get us killed by a chasm fiend, and Kaladin's like, we gotta do this, Rock, and Rock's like, I know. So I love Rock. A unnecessary little side thing Rock just did. <laughs> and then we move on, and then, yeah, that's the end of the chapter. Uh, and basically, Kaladin's looking at the people who are actually starting to do well. Sorry, before it ends. Kaladin sees, like, a few of them are actually, like, getting it way faster than they have any right to, 
Yeah. And uh, it's because they've their bodies are surprisingly fit and strong from carrying bridges. Yeah. And the end of chapter sentence, which I always love the end of chapter sentences, says, by seeking to beat them down, Sadius had prepared them to excel. Love bah, that. Bah, bah. Yeah, because Moash is like killing it. Yeah. Moash is doing really good. Um, so is a few of the other ones. Yeah, some of the others are doing good. It's really awesome to see how well they're doing. Yeah. All right. Anyway. Yeah. Chapter 50. Yeah. I'll uh, read the little book bit. Book bit. Um, Wait, theories about that chapter. That's the last time we see them. Oh, yeah, you're right. What is. happens next? Uh, they continue to practice, and they get really good at spear work, and they go and try to escape, and they <laughs> successfully escape. That's my theory. <laughs> oh, wow. You're so helpful. Okay. <laughs> you're you're great to co-host with. Let's get, let's get this next oh, chapter going. I'm a little offended by that. I'm just being silly. Okay. I hope everyone knows. Book bit time. Wait, what's the chapter called? Backbreaker Powder. Okay, now book bit time. Book bit. Okay. <laughs> so it says. We are loopy loopy. What's our deal? What's our problem? <laughs> the book bit says, flame and char. Skin is so terrible. Eyes like, wait, skin so terrible. Eyes like pits of blackness. And then Yaza's yapping says, a quote from the Iviad probably needs no reference notation, but this comes from line 482. Should I need to locate it quickly? I like that they ha- don't have the Iliad, they have the Iviad. Iviad. It's basically the Iliad, but yeah. not. Can I just say, there's no. a part of me that wants to just do this entire chapter as a dramatic reading. <laughs> How long is it? <laughs> like three pages, four pages. Okay, here comes the we longest. We won't do the whole thing. No, we'll, we'll do it. We'll do the whole thing. The, are you the, serious? That comes, so long. Here comes the longest dramatic <laughs> reading you've ever. Let's go listen to the audiobook. What are we doing? Here it goes. <laughs> Actually, no. Actually, no. Actually, no. That's <laughs> Fun fact, we tried. We got to a page and we decided it sucked. <laughs> way too much. But Sydney, there is just one. Just say what happens. We'll do a dramatic reading later. Yeah, okay. A little one. Yeah, yeah, That was going to be like 15 minutes. Yeah. It can't, <laughs> we can't do that to you. It was terrible. <laughs> it was awful. We tried. Basically, oh. Shalon wakes up in a, a hospital room. She's in her own private room. She tries talking to the guard that's standing like outside and he is just ignoring her and glaring at her. Glaring at her. Um, eventually, she's feeling really terrible. As she should. As she should. Eventually, Yasna comes in, and Yasna's, like, glaring, glaring at her. And Yasna's like, okay, you did the right thing. I saved your life. But why did you have it? Who are you working with? And Shalon's like... Oh, the right thing, giving back to Fabrio. Yes. Because if you yes. don't remember, Shalon yeah. gave it back at the end of the last chapter. And Shalon's like, I'm not working for anybody. I did this myself. And Yasna doesn't really believe her. Jerk. And she's like, what on earth were you thinking? When she finally does, she's finally like, okay, fine. I believe you. What were mm. you thinking? And basically, Shalon starts to tell her, hey, my dad was not well-liked. People don't like him, you know, um, all of this. And Shalon's like, I can't. She basically is like, I forget how young you are. Yeah. To think that you thought this would be okay. This yeah. was not the way to go. Yeah. And then she basically begins to tell uh, tell her uh, what happened. And so this is the part I want to do a dramatic reading for. So this will be much shorter than 15 minutes. Yes. Don't worry. <laughs> Here it goes. Your friend, the Ardent, is dead. Shalon looked up, dismayed. What happened? The bread was poisoned. Backbreaker powder. Very lethal. Dusted over the bread to look like flour. I suspect the bread was similarly treated every time he visited. His goal was to get me to eat a piece. But I ate a lot of that bread. The gem had the antidote, Yasna said. We found it in several empty jars he used. It can't be. I've begun investigating. Yasna said. I should have done so immediately. Nobody quite remembers where this capsule came from. 
Though he spoke familiarly of the other Ardens to you and me, they knew him only vaguely. Then he... He was playing you, child, the whole time. He was using you to get to me, to spy on what I was doing, to kill me if he could. She spoke of it so evenly, so emotionlessly. I believe he used much more of the powder during this last attempt, more than he'd ever used before, perhaps hoping to get me to breathe it in. He realized this would be his last opportunity. It turned against him, however, working more quickly than he'd anticipated. Someone had almost killed her. Not someone. Capsule. No wonder he'd been so eager to get her to taste the jam. I'm very disappointed in you, Shalon, Yasna said. I can see now why you tried to end your own life. It was the guilt. I am so upset. <laughs> this uh, I capsule is a so butt. Oh, capsule this, is a butt. Oh, capsule is a butt. Who, who tried I to mean, kill you? I mean, he's dead now, so I guess that's good. But Kasna went and ate it. Kasna went and ate it. Capsule <laughs> went and ate it. He's dead in the ground. But I. Uh, uh, the, <laughs> I wanted to harmonize. <laughs> I was so devastated when I read this because the fact that is this entire time he was playing like. Pretending he liked her and wanted to leave the um the Ardentia for her. And this whole time, he was just trying to kill Yasna and use Shalon to get to Yasna. Mm-hmm. <sighs> and then Yasna says the worst thing she can say to a person who she thinks just attempted suicide out of guilt. Yeah. Well, you will need to learn to live with your guilt. You might not have escaped with my Fabriel, but you have thrown away, thrown away a very promising career. This foolish scheme will stain your life for decades. No woman will take you as a ward now. You threw it away. I hate being wrong. And then she leaves. And Yas and, and, and Shalon tries is to apologize, there. and Yasna ignores her. And so Shalon sits there, and I'll read this ending part because it's really, really sad. And it's so always I'll the best. This last the ending chat, the ending sentence are always good. I'm gonna read this entire last page on okay. mine. Okay, which That's is fine. all good. So it says, Shalon curled up under the sheet, stomach in knots, feeling so sick that for a moment she wished that she'd actually dug that shard of glass in a little deeper. Or maybe that Yasna hadn't been quick enough with the Soulcaster to save her. She'd lost it all. No Fabriol to protect her family. No wardship to continue her studies. No capsule. She'd never actually had him in the first place. Her tears dampened the sheets as the sunlight outside faded, then vanished. Nobody came to check on her. Nobody cared. Aww. I, oh. <laughs> Aww. I feel for Shalon so much. Yeah. Like, that's such a hard yeah. thing. You go from having this great thing one day to the very next having nothing. Also, now it's time for a few theories because it's the last Shalon we see. Yeah. Shalon, in, in, while she was sick, made Yasna eat the bread because it was the nice thing to do. Yeah. Why is Yasna fine? I think Yasna has some kind of special... Well, hold on. Also, side thing, Capsule ate the jam. That was supposed to have the antidote. Yeah. And he still died. Yeah. So what happened? Um, I think Capsule may have done goofed. <laughs> I mean, why? How? In what way? Well, I wonder if maybe... So my thoughts are either Capsule goofed and for whatever reason the antidote he didn't put in, like he messed it up. Yeah. So that it wasn't, it wasn't right, which I think is what happened and why he died. I think he messed up the antidote. Okay. Um, but I think that maybe, unless Yasna did this. Yasna did what? Maybe Yasna's lying to us. Maybe mm. it's Yasna's the bad person. Maybe Capsule <laughs> maybe actually did care. Okay. Hold on, plot twist. Okay. Actually, though, 
I was gonna say maybe um, uh, Yasna knew the bread was poisoned. Okay. Mm, okay. And she didn't poison, or maybe maybe Yasna tried to poison, was trying to get rid of Capsule, and so her plan was to poison the two of them to make it look like mm. Capsule was doing it, and just done goofed and messed up, and was lied about the whole antidote thing, and uh. This is some bold prediction. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Yeah, that's my prediction. Okay. Yeah. That Yasna's lying. Good Either guess. Either that or Yasna, for some reason, with her soul casting abilities, can just not. Maybe being a soul caster has some way of. Yeah. I don't understand what you're saying, but it's okay. I'm just, maybe being like having, like, you know, she can soul cast things. Maybe having done that before, for some reason, gives you some kind of protection to that kind of thing. Maybe. Maybe her blood is always being soul casted. Maybe it's always being soul cast. I mean, maybe <laughs> we'll. I'll. I, we'll, I have no idea. I'll tell you the, the this. We'll learn later what happened. So your theory will be will be proven right, wrong, or close later. <laughs> okay. Moving on. Now we're on to the next chapter. This is chapter fifty one. Sauce non, and it's one year ago. And Kaladin is in a waiting room of Amaram's War Center, uh, and he's sitting here. Uh, thinking about the fact that he killed a shard bearer and then he gave it away and how dumb he was for giving it away, but also how like he wouldn't have wanted to hold that blade anyway because it killed so many people he cared about. Um, and suddenly, eventually, he's, he basically he's sitting there thinking about like the dumb choices he made, the people that are dead, how he shouldn't have rushed to try and save Amaram and kill the shard bearer, like all these things. He's in sad boy mode. Always. Well, Kaladin spends more than half of his book in sad boy mode, to be fair. That's true. <laughs> You're right. Kaladin likes sad boy mode. Um, and he, he's just kind of, uh, there. And then eventually Amaram walks in with, uh, the storm warden, uh, one of his storm wardens. And they're talking about like, it doesn't make sense why someone would risk us. Essentially they're talking about why they think that shard bearer was there. Yeah. Um, and Amaram, uh, also brings in the remaining living people from Kaladin's crew. Not many, but a few. Yeah. Um, and they do some talking, uh, and it's like, you did a brave thing today, Kaladin. And Kaladin's like, I wish I let you die. But he doesn't say that out loud. But that's like in his head. Yeah. And Amarim keeps saying things like uh, talking to him. And uh, Amarim keeps saying, why did you reject it? Why didn't you want the sword? I have to know. And Kaladin says, um, basically, Kaladin doesn't say that. He says he can't answer. But the real reason is because it, it's killed so many. And also, it will make me like you, a Blight Eyes. Yeah. And I hate Light Eyes. I don't want to be Light Eyes. Kaladin's racist against Light Eyes. He doesn't want to be like them. Yeah. Um, and uh, Kaladin says, look, those shards are mine, and uh, I gave them to Koreb. He's the highest rank of my soldiers and the best fighter among them. And so basically he's saying, Koreb deserves these shards. They're mine. I gave them to him. They're his. Yeah. And uh, suddenly uh, the rest of the officers that Abraham had brought in the room close the blinds and uh, slaughter all of Kaladin's men. And, no! And they fought well, and Cal the two soldiers grabbed Kaladin before he can try and help them, and his men died. They fought pretty okay. Most were taken by surprise. A few of them defended themselves okay. Um, And can I... We, we should do a dramatic reading of this ending of Kaladin's interaction with Amaram. Okay. Let's do it. Amaram stepped forward, expression grim. He went down on one knee before Kaladin. I'm sorry. Bastard! Kaladin screamed as loud as he could. I couldn't risk them telling what they saw. This is what must be, soldier. It's for the good of the army. They're going to be told that your squad helped the Shardbearer. 
You see, the men must believe that I killed him. You're taking the shards for yourself? I am trained in the sword, Amram said, and am accustomed to plate. It will serve Alethkar best if I bear the shard. You could have asked me for them. Storm you! And when news got around camp, Amram said grimly, that you'd killed the shard bearer, but I had the shards, nobody would believe that you'd given them up of your own free choice. Besides, son, you wouldn't have let me keep them. Amram shook his head. You'd have changed your mind in a day or two. You'd have wanted the wealth and the prestige. Others would convince you of it. You'd have demanded that I return them to you. It took hours to decide, but Restaris is right. This is what must be done for the good of Alethkar. It's not about Alethkar. It's about you. Stormit, you're supposed to be better than the others. Tears dripped from Kaladin's chin. Amram looked guilty suddenly, as if he knew what Kaladin had said was true. He turned away, waving to the storm warning. The man turned from the brazier, holding something he'd been heating in the coals, a small branding iron. It's all an act? Kaladin asked. The Honorable Bright Lord, who cares about his men, lies? All of it? This is for my men, Amram said. He took the sharp blade from the cloth, holding it in his hand. The gemstone at its pommel let out a flash of white light. You can't begin to understand the weights I carry, Spearman. Amram's voice lost some of its calm tone of reason. He sounded defensive. I can't worry about the lives of a few dark-eyed spearmen when thousands of people will be saved by my decision. The Stormworm stepped up to Kaladin, positioning the branding iron. The glyphs, reversed, read Sas Nan, a slave's brand. <sighs> so? I want to know what would have happened if Kaladin had taken the sword the day before, or earlier in the day. Hmm. Like, what would have happened? Because at that point, he would have taken it, become a light eyes, and Amram wouldn't have been able to do anything. Yeah, true. So, I just, I wonder what would have happened. I, I hate Amram. I strongly dislike him. Mm. Just about as much as I strongly dislike Capsule right now. Mm. Even though part of me is holding out hope that it, this wasn't Capsule. For a hero. <laughs> yeah, so. No. Why are all the good characters turning to bad characters all of a sudden? <laughs> well, not all of them. We still kind of like Kaladin. Still like Kaladin, like Syl. Rock's pretty cool. I like Teft. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> that's all right. how I feel. Um, so that's the end of the chapter. The branding iron fell, searing Kaladin's fate into his skin. He let out a final ragged scream. The end. Ah, like I did earlier. <laughs> the end of part three. Yeah, part three. Um, interludes. Now we do the interludes. Boop, 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 boop. We so, don't need any more theories about this. We know exactly where Kaladin goes from there to there. He goes from yeah. owner to owner, escaping every time, getting caught, yeah. getting sent to the center place. All right, so I'll do interlude seven. So this interlude is titled Baxil, and basically it's about a guy named Baxil. Let's give it a pause before we continue on with interludes. These are going to be wicked fast because yeah, they are not relevant to the story. Yeah. So uh, Baxil, it's about Baxil. Baxil is a random dude who's walking with uh, his cousin, whose name is Av, and their mistress. Uh, who's I don't know who's what her name is. It's it later. It's fine. Oh, but uh, they're walking through like this really big like palace. Yep. They're walking through some hallways. The corridors are empty because they're uh, the servants are all doing whatever they are doing. I don't remember what. There's it is. a party or something. Going yeah, on. there's something going on, and so the servants are all getting ready for that. It's the middle of the day, which Baxel's a little not thrilled about. Um, but basically, he's talking about he's talking to Av while they're walking about seeking old magic. And about trying to get something out of old magic. So Baxil wants, like, courage. People go and try and, like, ask for something. The old magic, and they, they and ask they, something and get a boon. Yeah, they get it, and then they get a curse yes. that goes with it. 
And usually the curse is not good. Like one of his, they say one of the people got what they wanted, but their vision got flipped upside down. So everything they saw was upside down. Which would be wild. <laughs> yeah. And apparently it's, it's not even like weird in this world that this exists. Because like a lot of people they know have had this happen and yeah. they can like talk exactly about it. Yeah. Um, but basically Bax still thinks about going to find it and cause he really wants some courage cause he wants to ask his mistress out. <laughs> yeah. It's basically the only reason he wants the courage. His mistress is very hot. Yeah. Um, but basically his mistress, her whole thing is she goes, they go into this big room with a bunch of art and they're thieves, but they don't steal anything. Yeah. And basically instead she starts smashing things with a knife, like all the paintings and stuff she destroys. And then she starts smashing a statue with a mallet. And that's the end of the chapter. And that's literally the entire So chapter. all we take away, some weird lady is killing art, one. Two, uh, the old magic exists. The thing where you go, you get a gift and a boon. That's the entire thing. Yep. Next chapter, uh, next interlude. It's interlude eight, uh, Gerinid. Gerinid? Gerinid? Yeah, Gerinid. And there's two people on an island. They are, they're both artists. Their name is Ashid and Gerinid. Ashur. Ashur, sorry, and Gerinid. And Ashur is a cook. By trade, he's learning how to cook things well. Girnid does math yeah. at, by trade. And they uh, live together. They're in love. They sleep together and stuff. So I guess they're kind of in love. Uh, I love them. They're very sweet. I like yeah, them a lot. I'm big fans of them. Uh, they they make food. They're all, they like, the one makes food, loves making food. The other one uh, just does math. And basically they discovered that uh, by uh, measuring, like, because like flame spread change all the time. Yeah. But if you write down a measurement of the flame spread, like that's like accurate. It locks them in place. Yes. They cannot change that dimension yes. anymore. And it has to be like a specific, you actually measured this. So essentially the idea is if a flame spread, the, the, the concept of a flame spread has been defined, that flame spread then must follow the definition. Yes. That's the idea. Yep. And that's all we learned. Yeah. End, end of my interlude. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty much it. All right. Um, it's cute. It's not really theories. Not, really not anything else to do for this chapters other than move on to the next segment, which of course is Rank the Characters. Woo! Okay, our energy is lower because it's been a minute, but here it goes. You ready? Yep. Uh, Sydney, wh- who do we see this week? This week we saw Kaladin, Sen, Gare, Amaram, Dalit, Torum, Rish, Korob, Alabet, Shalon, Yasna, Teravangian, Capsule, Teft, Rock, Lopin, Moash, Scar, Sil. The Stormborn, Baxel, Ave, uh, their mistress, Garanid, and Ashir. And so our ranking this week is the top. Kaladin, great guy. Rock, very nice. Teft, getting better. Shalon, kind of did a bad thing, but overall still kind of like her. Uh, Yasna, she reacted very appropriately. Yeah. I think. I agree. Uh, Sil, that's Sil. We like Sil. We love Sil. Garanid uh, and Ashir are cute. Uh, Teravangian is a cool guy. The Lopin is funny. Moash is cool. Scar is cool. Now we're in the characters we don't really care about. Baxil, Av, Torim, Rish, Korib, Alabet, and the Mistress and Gare are all just kind of here. Yeah. And then the Wish You Were Dead tier is the Storm Warden who seared something into his head, which is really crappy of him. Into Kaladin's head. Into Kaladin's head, yes. Not his own head. <laughs> not, his, not his own head. And then Amaram, who is apparently my least favorite character right now. Yeah, Amaram sucks. He sucks bad. And then we have uh, Sen, Dalit, and Capsule are all three Capsule dead. Capsule also sucks. He also sucks. And now we have the top five, bottom five. Sydney, you want to share the top five, bottom five from last week? Yes. So our top five last week was Rock, Shalon, Kaladin, Sil, and Hasina. And then our bottom five last week was Stripper, Bahol, Gaz, Sadius, Hashai, and Rashon. And so this week we have our top being Kaladin, of course. Then yep. then Rock. Great. Love Rock. Then Sil, Teft, and Shalon. 
They're yep. all there. She only got lowered quite a bit, but she's still hanging on because I think she's a good person at heart, hopefully. Yeah. And then our bottom five, our least bad. Just, I'm so excited by his ri- his rise from the, bit, the pits. Uh, yeah, uh, he went from the pits of we hate you, everything about you, to, you know, you still suck, bad. but you're not as terrible. So Gaz, chilling at the top, followed by Hushal, who's just kind of around, followed by Sadius, who sucks. We haven't seen Sadius in a while. But, but he still sucks. Yes. Because he has the bridge crews. He did this to them. Yes. Followed by Capsule, because he's the worst. Freaking Capsule! Ugh. And now the worst character. I just wanted them to be in love, Colton. That's all I wanted. <laughs> I didn't want him to use her. Okay, now the worst ahead. character of the entire book, Amaram. Screw you, Amaram. Screw you, Amaram. All right. Uh, that's everything we have for you this weekend content-wise. Thank you so much for listening. Um, once again, go ahead and check out our Instagram. If you have any comments about this episode, leave us uh, leave a comment on there, and we'll be sure to read it, maybe even reply if we are in the mood. Um Ooh. Ooh. Also, make sure to check out our uh, the music that is by Alezia, which is A-L-E-Z-E-I-A on Spotify. Uh, is there anything else we need to do before we go? Next week, make mm. sure you read uh, Interlude 9 and then 52, 53, and 54. So, so Interlude oh, 9 through Chapter 54. Not a lot this, not a lot next week. Nope. Much less than this week. Uh, make sure you have those read or Cindy will sear a little thing into your forehead. And you will become a slave. (laughs) And you will become a slave. (laughs) All right. Be ready for that. Avoid that with everything you have. Make sure you read. My name is Colin Pratt. You best do that. You best do it. My name is Colin Pratt. And I'm Sydney Lyrely. I love you. You love me. Peace. We're a happy family. (laughs) I said peace. Why are you still here? The show's over.